Welcome to this episode of Outwork. This is Kilin Kinoeni. Happy New Year and my best wish for 2023. And yeah, I can't believe that it is a new year. It feels as though I went to sleep and I woke up and 10 years literally have passed me by and I guess this is what happened when life is hectic and you get very busy and sometimes you forget to enjoy life I guess you forget to smell the flowers as they say and you forget to be grateful which is really important to tap into as a way to not only manage the daily stresses of living but also to promote wellness. So I want to take this opportunity once more to wish you my best wishes for 2023 to encourage you to connect to gratitude and to count your blessings as opposed to maybe perhaps making new new resolutions for the year which can take us into a more futural orientation as opposed to just being present being in the moment And so because this is the first episode of the year, the first podcast of 2023, I thought I'd just take talk about some of the things that I want to show some gratitude for, maybe some of the achievements. Sorry, there might be a little bit of repetition. I'll try to keep them brief. And just whatever comes, looking back at 2022, what am I left with what have been the biggest stories, perhaps the biggest moments, perhaps even the biggest lesson for me, for rest reflections, for the nation, for wherever we are at. Now, I am obviously not claiming that whatever I have to say is going to speak to everyone, but it is my episode, it is my podcast, it is Rest Reflections podcast. And I am your host today. And so I shall try to speak about what comes to my mind. So the first thing I want to speak a little bit about is this issue of homelessness and homeless, which is, you know, something that I think a lot about. If you follow my work and you follow my writing, you will know that homelessness, displacements, migrations are issues that I dedicate a lot of thinking time to, in part because of my history as a migrant who is the child of migrant, who were the child of displaced people. So I think I've been displaced over, I think, at at least three generations, possibly four. And so, of course, I engage with those issues from a, we might say, autobiographical, if not autoethnographic standpoint, which is I try to understand these social matters from my own lived experience, right? So I try to build 
theory from my own experience of displacement and homelessness actually in various level. And if you haven't watched my TEDx talk on epistemic homelessness, now might be a good time to engage with it. But I guess when I'm talking about home and why home has been so present in my mind is because we've had the World Cup final just a few weeks ago. I can't believe it feels like an eternity, but it was what? three, four weeks ago that we had the final. And of course, my people, my country was playing in the final, France, which I supported wholeheartedly. So there was this big event about what it means to be black, what it means to be black and French, very specifically, what it means to be black and European. And the meaning of Frenchness for the so-called second and third generation of migrant. Now, I said so-called because I am not myself 100% sold to this idea that my parents were migrants. And I've spoken about that. I've written about that. In reality, they were not migrants. In reality, they were colonial subjects. But we're not going to open this can of worm today. I guess what my thought was around the World Cup is that it has really reignited the question of identities for people who are Black and European, but very specifically for people who are Black and French, and what it means to create roots outside of the continent, and for many of us outside, even of the country that we call home, so the country that we were born and bred. And so those issues have been if you like, repeated by the, let's say, the controversies, the polemics that have occurred around the movie Tirailleur. So Tirailleur is a French term that speaks of the Senegalese colonial soldiers. So those were the colonial subject disproportionately from West Africa, but not uniquely, not uniquely from Senegal, who were enlisted to fight for France during the war. And so there's a movie who has Omar Sy, Black French actor, and it's been a lot of controversy around the movie, in part because Omar Sy called out racism in France and the treatment of Ukrainian refugees, which has created monumental hostility, defensiveness, denial, resistance in France. So those two things are coming together. And because, of course, of my identity as a diasporic African with French and now migrant to the UK, those issues spoke to me. But also some of you might know that I've come to the end of a very long term relationship. And, you know, the, one of the primary reasons, not the only reason, but one of the primary reasons why I was in this country was because of that relationship. And so there's been a lot of think around, you know, what it means to rethink what is home. As it turned out, I want to return to France. So it's more a matter of when rather than a matter of if. I know that I want to return to France. I know that it's complex, complicated. There's lots of things to think about. I don't even know if I will ever be able to feel at home in France. I think that there is something in the kind of life course, if you like, of a migrant where you can be away from home for too long and make yourself homeless, right? Not homeless in the sense of having no access, 
to your country of origin or where you were born and bred or, you know, the country of your nationality, if that's the framework you want to use. But in the sense of affiliation and in the sense of heart connection, if you like. And so I have spoken to a few people, in fact, because, you know, I think all my friends are migrant from all over the world, actually. But all my close friends are all migrants. And so, so those are some of the issues that we discuss. And for those of us who have been in the country or outside from our country for more than, say, 15 years, I'd say even 10, 12 years, actually. But let's say 15 years, there is a sense of homelessness that established itself, where even going back home, will mean experiencing such a sense of displacement because one has been away for so long that it becomes a matter, if you like, of dealing with that internal sense of displacement that I write frequently about and that sense of essentially realizing that one may never feel at home anywhere in the world, including in one's home. And not because of experience of racism and oppression and marginalization, which of course are relevant, but because of the added disconnection that has been caused by migration, regardless of the reason for migration. Now, in my case, and in the case of a lot of Black French people, that migration in and of itself was related, at least in part, to racism. But even if for others, the reason for the departure, for the exile, for the migration, for the displacement might not be racism related, although it often is, but not all the time. But even if it isn't, that displacement alone can create that sense of homelessness if one is displaced for long enough. And I don't think, but I don't know, but I don't think that it is something that can be easily rectified. So for me, a big story was Frenchness, Blackness, homelessness, homeless, displacement, making home, returning home, migrating again, triple migration. If I go back to France, and I am certain that I will at some point, Within the next uh, few years, certainly that is my plan. What are the implications for the workplace? In our training on racial trauma, we cover issues of homelessness and the sense of not belonging that can accompany marginalization. And that's marginalization on the ground of race, but it can be marginalization on any acts of oppression when one in some way, is deemed to depart or, as I say, carry the difference within a particular context, within a particular group, within a particular institution. And so that is going to be inherent difficulty with home making, with homeness, with belonging. And so those issues that I'm talking about that are relevant, I've been thinking a lot about because, again, the World Cup and associated issues to do with Frenchness, Blackness, racism in France and in this country they become 
amplified, if you liked, or we might even say they intersect those issues, those history intersect when people of colour feel as though they don't belong in the workplace. So how we may make home in the workplace, how this homemaking is going to be a function of people's histories, personal history, but also the kin, if you like, history, the history of the of the wider group, or you could say history of the big age, that is also going to be relevant. Now, so that is my first kind of big theme of the year. What I've ended the year on is thinking about home, homeless, belonging and associated problematics. Another issue, another theme that's been quite present and I really don't want to dedicate too much time around it is, of course, the Meghan and Harry, the monarchy kind of controversies around the book. I'm not even going to name the name or the title of the book and the kind of roller coaster news cycles around that particular couple. What can I say? What can I say? I, I wish that I didn't have to include that in one of the theme of the year, but I am going to do so simply because it kind of intersects somewhat with the issue. This is the first theme that I've been talking about, which is the issue of migration, displacement, home, belonging, you know, borders and associated logics, right? So here we're talking about issue of race and issue of imperial, let's say, gatekeeping, can we say that? Colonial logic for sure, which led to a particular form of exclusion. Now, there's a lot more that could be said around that. I think part of the reason why, again, so many people in the country are at grip with the story is not only because it is the story of the monarchy, even though that is obviously a very important factor for many, many people, particularly perhaps more the, let's say, the English white British population. But I think there's also something really important that is is mirroring the experience that many people of colour have in this country of never feeling accepted, never feeling quite at home, of being boarded out of home or of their country and the kind of abuse, harassment that can happen in plain daylight without ever being recognised as such. There was an episode that we did when we talked about the kind of triggering impact that some of the treatment of Began had on women of colour in particular. And I'm not a monarchist and I'm not a particular stan of this couple. In fact, I'm quite sick of them, if I'm honest. Not them as individual, but certainly them as what they represent and the amount of airtime that they are taking. And for that reason, I don't want to say too much. But I just wanted to say that has been a big theme in terms of understanding the context of race in Britain today, the law level of understanding of the reproduction of, of white supremacist logics and how that has intersected with people's histories. So that's all I will say around this theme. 
I want to say another couple of themes. And so I'm racking my brain to say what might be important, what I am left with in relation to 2022. I don't know whether it might be worth saying something around the pandemic, the return to so-called normal, which has happened last year after what? Uh, a couple of years at least of lockdown or on and off and life appearing to be suspended. And in relation to the workplace, the issue of the lockdown has thrown into the spotlight many difficulties that are related again, to inequality, injustice and oppression. So, for example, we saw some studies, evidence saying that black employees were less content to have to return to the office. There were also issues to do with a reasonable adjustment and disabled workers essentially having been refused often for years on end, homeworking only to find that, well, uh, when push came to shove, it was really not that difficult to implement the technology needed for people to work at home en masse. And so there are questions there around the exclusion from the workplace of particular employees and how, again, capitalistic forces can be and is often the motivation to get those systems, let's say, less violent when the profit margins are engaged, right? And so this was not a matter, of course, of making the workplace welcoming, more diverse, more, say, disability friendly or accessible. It was really a case of ensuring that business did not completely go bust. And so that raised a number of issues. And, and there's been a lot of distress, been a lot of anger related to that. And we saw that at the beginning of 2022. Lots of pieces that have been written about this particular issue. So the pandemic, recovering from the pandemic, I'm not even going to go into the disproportionate mortality rates and disability rates when it came to the impact of COVID on various community, of course, race being an important factor there. But simply to say that if we consider and if we concentrate on issue of accessibility, that I guess maybe we've learned something very important that disabled scholars and disabled people have been telling us for a long time, which is actually we can make workplaces, we can make institutions more accessible to disabled workers and we choose not to. And I think that is a very important theme, a lesson for everybody to sit with. What else? What else can I tell you about 2022 that stick to my mind in relation to rest reflections? Things have been, I think, steadily. They've grown, I think, as, I guess, demand, demand for, for services, for what we have to offer. I think, I think year on year, demand has grown. I've tried to keep it contained simply because, you know, I'll say that all the time, but you know, I'm doing a PhD and that is really at this point in time, my main priority. But I do want to say that there was something of a 
slowing down, that's not quite the word that I am after. But I guess what I want to say is that post 2020 and the murder of George Floyd and the demand that sprung from that, people have got a lot more complacent. Surprise, surprise, this is what can tend to happen when there are crises of that nature. Have we come back to pre-2020, to pre-George Floyd murder? I don't know that we have. I don't know that we can. But I do think that things have got a bit more complacent. And I think maybe that is a note on which to end. I would invite all organizations, institutions, senior manager really to take stock and to think about what has been achieved, what has shifted, if anything, what has not shifted, what has got better, what have been the challenge over the course of those, what, two, two and a half years or so with the emergence of Black Lives Matter. What really has changed, if anything? And what does the future, certainly the next 12 months, hold when it comes to this social transformation agenda? Just a little bit of musing on 2022, what I'm left with. I'm sure, frankly, I could continue on and speak unscriptedly for another 30, 45 minutes about what I've taken from the year and about my personal growth and challenge and what I'm grateful for. But I'm going to end here. I think that's enough for people to realize what a, let's say, notable that's the more neutral way to say that. What a notable period of history that we have gone through over the past 12 years. Always showing gratitude for where we are, where I am personally, professionally, and where the organization is at. And I hope that you can do that. You can do a little bit of reviewing, a bit of reflection, taking stock, thinking about what your themes are for you. I guess as I started, I am transparent that those are what stuck to my mind and was quite cognitively salient when it comes to recording this episode. But you may have your own. If you have and you want to suggest that we dedicate some thinking space on it, again, let me invite your queries, your questions, your dilemmas. Email us at at work at restreflection.co.uk or contact at restreflection.co.uk. So once more, Happy New Year and until next time, please take care.